Welcome, everyone, to episode 323 of Fergan Freak. I am here with the lovely Nadine, who comes from a state of triumph. Absolutely. Not just a state of triumph, an entire region of triumph. It really is. I mean, we can't leave our houses, but still, how good no. are we at football? But we're pretty darn amazing, it would seem, <laughs> off the back of tonight's performance. It was an absolute smashing once again. Lang Park, first time that the Queenslanders have been kept scoreless at Lang Park. Mm. A 26 to nil victory. And really a, a, a stamp on a series that has been wrapped up after two games yes. where we have annihilated Queensland. Yeah, we have absolutely pulled their pants down and embarrassed the shit out of them. Mm. It's very good to see, I believe. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I uh, I agree. It's um, It was a little nerve-wracking the first 10 or 15 minutes. You know, mm-hmm. obviously that first softening up, you know, period is always, you know, how's it going to go? Mm-hmm. Um, and once we got through that period and Addo Carr scored that try, you could just see it was on. New South Wales were in control the entire time. Yep. Um, my husband is a Queensland supporter um, and notwithstanding the fact that he needs to get up for work um, at 4am, took mm-hmm. himself to bed at half time. And I think mm-hmm. that even if he didn't have to get up at 4am, that may have been a likely outcome. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, It reminded me a lot of the first game in that the first 10 to 15 minutes, it looked like it could go either way. But then, once again, New South Wales kicking game. They were getting a little bit more go forward. Their defence was good. And they started dominating field position. And from there, it was just pressure. And then eventually Queensland broke. And that was it. That was basically New South Wales never let up again. Um, And Queensland, I mean, their forwards were very average once again. It's crazy because Papali, I thought he'd be a great addition for them up front. He did one good tackle in the first set and then was anonymous for the rest of the game. Yeah, look, I think that's largely um, accurate for most of the forwards. Mm. Um, I mean, Christian Welsh looked gassed after 10 to 12 minutes mm-hmm. um, to the point where at one point I was thinking, has he been injured? Did I miss something? You know, has something happened in back play that I haven't seen because it it didn't make sense to me that he was so gassed so early on, irrespective of how fast the game usually is in that first 15 to 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, by and large, they were uh, not – they weren't cohesive at all, and the, the commentators were saying that. Every commentator, whether you be a Blues former player or a Queensland former player, was obviously saying how, uh, you know, how terrible – the attack was and that there Mm. was just there was nothing happening between dce and munster nobody knew what each other was doing um and you know that kind of fed into the forwards as well and the the thing that got me about the queensland team in the first half especially around their halves in munster and dce was that they basically were only able to link up with the players outside them because there was nothing going on in attack around them. Like mm. they weren't running any plays around them. It it fixed up itself a little bit in the second half, and I would guess that that's what Paul Green talked about at half time. But in that first half, they were just having to shovel the ball onto outside players. And, I mean, there was a couple of times where they managed to get some pretty good balls away out wide with cutout passes. But outside of that, they really didn't have a great deal to work with, especially when you consider that their forwards were not getting go forward. No, definitely not. Um, and where do they go from here is yeah. the single biggest question. But um, there's a lot of work to do with that team. And I understand that there's some slim pickings in terms of available cattle for them to actually choose from. Um, There's obviously question marks as to whether Paul Green is the right coach to actually coach in this arena. Um, But they need, I I don't know, you know, I think they need to throw caution to the wind for game three and, you know, the whole pick and stick kind of scenario has got to go. They've got to sort out the the debacle around... um, Ronaldo, um, Mulatalo, that I feel for him and everybody that has, 
you know, commented on this today is right. How has it got to this point? How has he been allowed to, if you look at the eligibility rules in black and white, how has he been allowed to play in two other Queensland representative sides? Mm. And now because someone queries something on Twitter, it gets picked up by New South Wales Rugby League and, and questioned. Um, it's just he has been let down by a number of people at a number of different points in time, and that's really sad. So I hope that they can figure that out. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they, they need to start from scratch, I think. Yeah, the, the thing that worries me for Queensland is you look at someone like a David Fafida and you would be thinking, well, they need to – he's the future of, say, the Queensland pack. And I'm watching him playing these games and he has been – He's been worse than any NRL game he's played this year. Mm. Like, he has been a non-factor. And he yeah. was one of the players that I was worried about most going into this series. Um, his teammate, Tino Fasamala. Fasamalawi. <laughs> Did I get it right? No. Oh, I almost got it right. Anyway, it's close enough. Tino. Oh, big, Tino. <laughs> big Tino. So, t- t- Turbo Tino. Yeah. He, um, he has been okay early on in a game but has really faded going on as the as the game has gone on and mm. a lot of these younger players that you would have thought that were going to be the ones that really in this steer, series stood out for Queensland a little bit and started stamping their authority they've been pretty quiet and that's the thing that would worry me the most because they really having to rely on the old heads to get them through and then players like say Valentine Holmes at fullback who's not a fullback Mm. You know, doing their best. Um, it, weirdly enough, I think one of their best performances so far in the first two games has been Kyle Felt. And the bounce of the ball really hasn't gone his way at all in this series. But he's been at least dangerous. But he's, you know, he's towards the end of his career sort of thing. Like, mm. so it, it, it really is a question of where do they go from here? Do they take this team in and into the third game and just, try and salvage some pride, which I don't think is going to work. I think they're going to get smashed in the third game. Or yeah. do they chuck in a bunch of new blood and just see what they've got at this level and see if someone stands out and says, hey, give me a jersey next year? Yeah. No, look, personally, I'd be going with that option. Um, but how much pride is there left to salvage based off the first two performances? I think you would rather see them building towards something for next year Um rather than trying to salvage something for this season or this yeah. year's series, to be honest. But um, uh, it, it, I think Paul Green is just, he's not the right person. Mm-hmm. It's just not. <laughs> I mean, how you have a team with DCE and Munster in it and the best they can produce is six points in two games. Yeah. I mean, that's worrying. Beyond yeah. worrying, irrespective of what the forwards are doing, those two players together should be able to produce, even not necessarily produce a win, but they should be producing more than six points. And credit where credit's due, that's obviously, you know, New South Wales has, you know, had that blue wall happening. But far out, they, you know, they haven't even knocked on the door enough, no. um, which is also concerning. Um <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And the, the thing that was getting me too is it seemed like in the first half, they had gone into the half looking to kick early and kick to the sideline as well. Because mm. DCE put a couple of kicks over the sideline. There was one forty twenty he just missed, but there was a couple of kicks he really deliberately wanted to go over the sideline. And the early kicking, I just didn't understand it. It was like, you need all of the possession you guys can get. And that on top of just not having any plays going on around their halves. I, I was the same. I was like, what have they been doing all week? Yeah, well, it's interesting. Um, I'm just on the SMH website and mm. Paul Wharton is quoted as saying, I think we are a slow and sluggish team. I really believe we just don't have enough pace and we were gone after 10 minutes. So it makes you wonder why were they fatigued after 10 minutes? It makes you wonder what happened during the week. You know, it's interesting because I saw a a tweet by Chris Choppy Close 
who I follow. He's, I love following Choppy. He's such a good dude to follow. And he said something similar. He said, um, outplay comprehensively all aspects of an origin game. We lack speed across the team. Mm. So that's a little bit of a theme there. And, you know, they're both right. When you look at their, their pack compared to the New South Wales pack and there's just so much mobility in that New South Wales team. Even when you look at the bigger guys, like a Payne Haas has got ridiculous mobility for a guy his size. Junior Paulo is the same. For a giant man, he he was outstanding tonight. Mm. Junior Paulo, oh, my goodness. I thought so too. Now, should we go through my player ratings? Because Yes, let's, because yeah. I think your Queensland ratings are fabulous. <laughs> You're the first person today that said that because normally when people read my ratings, they're like, you didn't even watch the game. Someone said, did you write these before the game? Um, There's one in there I'm I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to hear your rationale about it. I'm not saying I necessarily agree or disagree, but I'm intrigued to hear your rationale. Anyway, let's go. So we'll start with Queensland. Um, Um, And sorry, but can I just chime in? I'm also thinking about – after the last game where you gave everybody a bit of a um, context around how you rate yes. and give these scores. Yes. This is leading into some of my intrigue. So for those who haven't listened to that podcast after State of Origin 1, I suggest you go back and listen to it so you get an understanding mm. of how Freaky does his ratings and what you need to do to earn particular uh, or where you sit on the scale. Yeah. That, look, the, the best starting point to go with Six is an average game. Six is like, yeah, you played pretty good, you know. Yep. Seven is better that you played better than average. And then to get a 10, you've basically got to be Wally Lewis. And to get a one, and I've given ones before, um, you got to play a real bad game. Anyway, <laughs> let's get stuck into it. Yeah. Uh, I gave Valentine Holmes a five because yep. I thought he tried. It was one of those games, once again, didn't kind of go towards him because – they really were just on the back foot the entire game. It's hard for a fullback to get into a game from there. Mm, so I gave I him. I gave Cole Felt a five, uh, and it was mainly because you know he tried to make an impact, but the bounce of the ball just didn't go his way. And you know, at some point, when everything doesn't work for you, I can't say that you had an average game. You know what I mean? <laughs> Except that line dropout. I mean, what was that? Oh, that was great. I love it. <laughs> it was great for us, but wow. <laughs> Kurt Capewell, uh, I gave him a four because just yeah. a non-factor in this game really got owned and, again defensively, and yeah, yeah. And look, he's in a position where, like, he's a second rower. He's a flat-out mm. second rower who is able to play centre if you really, really, really need him to. But don't pick him in a rep side to try and shut down Tom Trebojevic. Like, yes. it's a hiding to nothing, you know? Correct. Dane Gagai got a four because Latrell Mitchell, like, just completely dominated him once again. Yeah, look, I think I commented um, to my husband during the game that, A, um, someone hadn't flicked the switch on the back of the Dane Gagai doll from club football to rep football. Yeah. Um, and that it appears he only plays well when he has Darius Boyd either side of him. Yeah. So um, he's he's got to go. He's done. Absolutely done. Pull a line through him. Just move on from Gagai. Jeez. I can't believe like. He has been dominated in the same way that Kirk Capewell dominated Man Fun last year. Correct. Um, uh, Xavier Coates, I gave him a five. It was a similar thing to, like, I thought Coates looked dangerous when he was brought into the game, but, like, there was one try-saving tackle that Tom Trebojevic did on him. And it wasn't that Coates didn't do his job. It was just, man, two great players at a great moment in the game. And mm-hmm. I couldn't blame Coates. I thought it was weird they dropped him in the first place, to be honest with you. Mm, true. They, they had a Kiwi that they liked. Mm. Um, now, <laughs> in the halves, Cameron Munster, I gave a five. He right. just was missing the entire game. 
He really was. I, he, it, you know, he had he had that one moment where mm-hmm. um, he put up the floater that Toto dropped. Sorry, mm-hmm. two moments because there was that one. There was another one in the first half as well. Um, and oh, where they uh, Tedesco allegedly knocked on. Mm-hmm. Nah, I, I'm I'm not convinced on that. But anywho, um, apart from that just was too involved in the niggle and too worried about the niggle. And I saw Jamie mm-hmm. Soward had commented on Twitter saying something to that effect, that Queensland were just too concerned with the niggle rather than yeah. rolling their sleeves up and doing the hard work. Yeah, they're all mouthy for a team that has been thrashed in two games. Exactly. And I saw in uh, the pregame on Fox mm-hmm. um, that uh, – you know, they were talking about the Luai Kafusi image um, and everybody on the panel. So there was Yvonne Sampson hosting. You had uh, Michael Ennis, Brayton Astor, Cooper Cronk. Nobody had any issues with that image whatsoever and said, mm-hmm. you know, and, and what had taken place. And they said, that is origin. That is what you want. You want those moments. You know, nobody looks at the Wally Lewis, Mark Guy image and talks about, if that's disrespectful or not, it's that is a moment that you remember. And um, Michael Ennis said, if I'm Queensland and I'm worried about that, then I've got bigger problems than anybody realises. And he's right. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what's happened today. So, I, thought, I thought it was funny when they were trying to um, get to Luai. And I'm thinking, and this dude's from Mount Druitt. Like, oh my none, God, I said the none same thing scary. to my husband. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> unless somebody's got a knife out there, he's, dude, no one's scaring him. All right. No. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Moving on. DCE. <laughs> DCE, I gave a five as well. Very similar to Munster, really. Um, yeah. And I, look, I don't really blame them as players. I think it was more what was going on around them as much as anything. And I think the Blues defense, obviously, I mean, when you've got two halves that don't have any, any attack going on around them and the defense knows you shut these two guys down, they can't attack at all. Like they, these two were on a hiding to nothing and also playing behind a beaten pack as well. Yeah. Um, I kind of felt sorry for them as much as I possibly physically could. Yeah. Christian Welsh, I gave him a five. I thought early on he was pretty good defensively, but as the game went on, in attack he was a non-factor, definitely. But he's one of those players that I think gives them a little bit of mobility that they need, um, but not much in the way of go forward. Mm, yeah, and he, he was a non-event the whole game as well. Yeah. Um, Andrew McCulloch, I gave a six based purely on his defence because in attack... He didn't offer much. He He was better than I expected, um, and, and that probably influenced my rating. But, yeah, and, and look, he's not going to do much in attack behind that pack that was doing nothing. But I thought in defence he was pretty damn good, actually. Yeah, he had moments. I, I, With the exception of a few players, like Andrew McCulloch was one of those players where until he got held up over the line, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, is he on the field? <laughs> No idea. <laughs> Josh Papali, I gave a three. So, okay, this is the one I was – I'm curious about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I think three is a little harsh, but mm-hmm. this is where, you know, difference of opinion is perfectly okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he was terrible, really, really terrible, mm-hmm. Um uh, as you have written yeah. <laughs> on, on your website. I literally wrote, terrible, really, really terrible. Yeah, I know, leaguefreak.com. Um, <laughs> so, yes, please explain a little more. <laughs> I just thought for, I think he's been terrible all year, right? Okay, fair. Especially since that Panthers game when we uh, decided to buy shares in the Canberra Raiders and took the Viking club. Yes. Um, he hasn't been the same player since. And I thought in this game, he, he as I said, he t- did one good tackle early on and then just become completely anonymous. And this is a guy who last year I would have said was the best front row in the game. And I thought he should have come into this game and been the best front row in the game. And he just wasn't. He was completely passive, um, you know, 
I, I, I was actually pretty disgusted with how he played. I, I, and I think all front rowers should have looked at him and said, dude, you have the ability to tear this game open and you just did nothing. I was really disappointed in him. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty scathing. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, but I don't think I've seen him play worse in his entire career. Put it Interesting. that way. Interesting. Again, look, for me, um, uh, I don't necessarily disagree with any of that. Um, again, with the exception of one or two hit-ups, it was, oh, is he on the field? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. not for seeing the flowing locks uh, at, at different stages, just wouldn't have even known that he was on the field. Oh, can I just say, if we're rating mullets, 10. <laughs> oh, that is up there. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving him a 10. Like, it has everything I like in a mullet. Big poofy top, right? Shaved sides, real long at the back. That, to me, is like pure mullet heaven, okay? He's getting into some Billy Ray Cyrus territory with that mullet. He really is. He's like a a big Maori Billy Ray Cyrus. (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway, speaking, speaking of mullets... I would I would pay I would pay fifty dollars in cash right now to hear Josh Papali sing an achy breaky heart. Can you oh, imagine that? Could you imagine? Like oh, it'd be so good. Okay, Jai <laughs> Jai Arrow, I gave four. I thought he was all right in defense. Once again he's one of those players that I think they need his mobility in the in the pack, but in attack didn't do much. Was involved in a lot of niggle and that did stuff all good for them. They still got smashed. Correct. They even lost the niggle. Yeah, they did. Felice Cafusi, oh. uh, I gave him a three. Complete non-factor in attack and defense. And, and we've been saying this for two years. Two yeah. years we've been saying how poor he is. And usually every time we say it, he scores a try, but it didn't happen today. <laughs> yeah, well, we, if we DM one another and say – Oh, it's over for Kafusi. It's basically he is within two hours of having the game of his life. And, yeah, it didn't happen today for him, unfortunately. But that means it's really over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Turbo Tino, the big fella, mm. he, I gave him a four. I thought he was quiet. Yeah, he was very quiet. Um, clearly carrying an injury because he um, he had some padding in and around – like his stomach area, mm. um, which I noticed. Uh, well, I, actually, I think I noticed that when they were doing the national anthem. Um, so yeah, clearly carrying some kind of injury there. But yeah, Tino, very very quiet. Same Tino, as I think, like any of the forwards. Tino Fasmala out. <laughs> Just stop. Tino. Okay. Ben Hunt, I gave a five. I actually thought when he came in at dummy half, he was pretty handy in in both attack and defense started making them look a little bit dangerous around dummy half and it was weird because just as he was kind of hitting his stride they put McCulloch straight back out and it was all over so I gave him a five um photo waker I gave a five I thought he had some all right moments um David Fafita I gave a four I, I thought he was really average and has been in the series. I spoke about that earlier. And Molo, I gave a four just because he wasn't on for that long, I didn't feel like. And he had a, a few moments early on when he ran out, but that was it, really. Yeah, he really wasn't given much of an opportunity. No. Now, on to the triumphant New South Wales Blues. Okay, here we go. I, I already got some grief over this first one. Oh. So, James Tedesco, I gave a six. He played all right. What did you think? Yeah, I'd have to agree with someone giving you grief on that. It's at least a seven, possibly an eight. Whoa, really? He was was outstanding. His off-the-ball work was amazing. I thought he he made a couple of mistakes, which I don't like saying. He was quiet, but I say this is the thing. Probably by his standards and by standards that we've come to expect – he was quiet. Certainly that hit pointer injury is still concerning him, no doubt. Oh, yeah. Um, Did you see the padding he had on? Yes, and I saw that um, 
former legend on Twitter had said, mm. made a comment about it being a colostomy bag. And <laughs> That's pretty that did me. <laughs> uh, you know, the thing that I kept on thinking, it, it looked like, it looked like uh, he was wearing Depends and they kept on slipping out of his shorts or something. <laughs> it, was, it looked so weird. Oh, I know. So, um, yeah, so obviously that injury uh, is still giving him some trouble. But, yeah, I think six is probably a bit harsh. But agree that um, he was he was quiet. But, you know, there, there were moments there that, um, you know, he broke through the line and created enough trouble uh, for others to work off the back of. Brian Toto, I gave a six. I thought yeah. he, he was pretty solid. He did everything you would have wanted him to do. It's hard because in the first game he was absolutely outstanding mm. and you kind of wanted to see that again, but he made a couple of mistakes in this game, yeah. and but he still made the meters, so I gave him a six there. Yeah, I think that's fair. Latrell Mitchell, I gave a nine. Mate, there are some Queensland people who are just going to be having nightmares for a long time to come. He was a monster. Like, yeah. it, it was just like the first game. Every time he touched the ball, it was like, oh, my God. He is, like, in attack and defence as well. He's been outstanding. Yeah, absolutely outstanding. And, again, proves he's not a fullback. He is a centre. Just stop with the fullback experiment, people. You know, I, I like him at fullback for Souths, right? But I'm watching these games and I'm like, if you put him in the centres in the NRL and he played like this, even three out of every four weeks, you are devastating opposition teams. Mm. And it, I wonder if it's going to play on the minds of the South power brokers. If they can grab themselves a decent fullback, it might be enough to to say to Mitchell, dude, if we put you back in the centres, you're going to be the top try scorer. You're going to be everywhere because he's been amazing. Absolutely. Tom Trebojevic, nine, once again. Yeah, far out, man. Just, he's so good. He really is. And you know what? I there's something that it's the first time it's ever happened. I said that we should pick specialist centres for New South Wales and not fullbacks, and I was that W word. Well, I'm waiting for it to come out of your mouth. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> I was wrong. I was absolutely <gasps> on wrong. On the record. On the yeah. record. I on love the it. record. Latrell and Tom Trebojevic have been devastating in this series. They have been outstanding, unbelievable. So it's one of those things, though, which similar to you know the comment I just said that Latrell is an out and out centre. Mm-hmm. I mean, Turbo plays pretty darn good when he plays fullback for Manly, but is he a centre? Like, you've got to ask yourself. Like, do you know what I mean? You kind of yeah. you do start asking those questions in that. Yeah. It, it, Turbo plays the same. It, it's, it feels like when Turbo goes from Manly playing fullback into the New South Wales squad where he either is going to play centre or wing usually, mm-hmm. it, the form just transfers. It, it just flows. Latrell's a little bit hit and miss um, yeah. where it, you put him in centre and he plays amazing. Fullback, he's, he's in and out of games too much mm-hmm. um, for mine. So the conversation's probably not as poignant around is Tom actually a centre that just happens to also play well as fullback as opposed to Latrell Mitchell is definitely a centre. Yeah. Um, but to have somebody of that calibre who can literally come in and play almost any position in that back five, that that's a talent. That is absolutely a talent. Yeah, and and get selected in the centres, and have the the football um, brain to know when you can roam, and where you can put yourself into a backline of the other side of the field that's set and be effective. You know, that's that's amazing. I can tell you this: at the start of the year, I was pretty down on on uh, Tom Trebojevic. At the moment, he is working into my calculations for the King of Rugby League award. Yeah, so, wow. Yeah, he, he, I, 
you just can't not start thinking about oh, that. No, absolutely. Uh, Josh Adokar, I gave an eight. Mm-hmm. You know, any time he was brought into the game when it was his moment, he he just took it and he took everyone on with his speed. He was in the right place at the right time. He was never out of position. He's the best winger I've ever seen in my life. So you keep saying. Yeah. Um, no, he was he was outstanding. When he um, – not the try he scored. Uh, maybe it was the try. Yeah, sorry, the try that he scored. I thought – I actually thought Tom had passed him the ball too soon. Mm. Um, I, I thought – oh, and I actually said it out loud. I went, oh, no, too early. Mm. <laughs> um, and he just – Burned down the sideline. Didn't matter. I mean, I, I do think, that, still do think that Tom passed him the ball too soon. I thought Tom could have taken an extra step or two to really commit that defender. Mm. It didn't matter. His pace just, he's gone. As a winger myself, when I was younger, there's something so amazing about getting the ball early. And you got somebody that defensively isn't in a bad position, but mm. you know you got them for pace. Yeah. And you know, and they know, and there's nothing they can do. They can just run. They can do their best on what you run around them. It's the yeah. Best. Yeah. Um, Jerome Luai, I gave him a six. I thought he he played all right in this game, but I thought Queensland, unlike the first game, I think that they did a lot more homework on him. And I think that that paid off defensively, but there were still times where he was a real handful for them. And there was a couple of times where if things went his way a little bit, we would have been saying, oh man, did you see the way he tore them open again? Yeah. Well, he had uh, that really one good line break in the second half, Mm -hmm. um, which advanced New South Wales quite significantly down the field. Uh, But you could see that Queensland had put all their eggs in the Luai basket, and yeah. it was all about, you know, trying to get retaliation for that image. And they just spent too much time on him. It's plain and simple. Yeah, yeah. It, and it, uh, it, it's funny watching them try and fluster him. It was just the best. Um, Nathan Cleary, I gave a seven. You and me had horrifying moments early on. There was a <laughs> – I, I can't remember what had happened, but – Cleary had ended up sliding out and his arm, I feel like they'll say he's got an uh, AC strain in his shoulder. Mm. Um, he and he, and he sat up and straight away started moving his shoulder. And you and me were horrified by it for a couple of minutes. Then he worked his way back into the game, was all right until halftime. But then in the second half, it was clearly affecting him a little bit. Mm. And so I gave him a seven. I thought he was he was pretty good considering his kicking game's amazing. Yeah, but, like I thought he had a really solid he had a solid outing. I think there was a couple of two poor kicks. There was one that he put through where he kicked early uh, second half, where he kicked early in the tackle count. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he probably wanted it just to go a little bit further than what it did. Mm. Um, but you know, whether it was a bit of a shank or whatever, um, who knows. But, I, yeah, I thought his kicking game was – it just helped control the speed of the game mm. right into w- what New South Wales wanted. There was no kick that I looked at and I thought, oh, I wouldn't have done that one. Or, mm. you know, if kicks didn't come off, it was like, oh, you know what, that was actually the right play. Yeah. But something else just made it not quite work. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, solid outing and – you know, this conversation around, oh, you know, DCE versus Cleary for a kangaroo's jersey, I don't know why there is a conversation. There is no yeah. conversation. No, it's over. It is like, over. No discussion will be entered into, no discussion should be entered into. If Mal Meninga is thinking that anybody other than Nathan Cleary should be in that number seven jersey, then we need a new kangaroo's coach. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Yeah, Cleary is 100% the best halfback in the game, and it's by a, a little bit of a gap. And then DCE is next, and then I think it's a massive gap to the next one, to be honest. Correct. Um, the thing I'll say about Cleary is that I, I said this uh, a few times on the podcast, I don't think he's a good ball runner for a halfback. I think he's a good ball runner full stop, and we saw that early on mm. until he had that injury. Um you know, what a player. And he's still so young. It's incredible. Yeah, it's frightening. 
Daniel Saifidi, I gave a six. I thought mm-hmm. he was he was pretty good in defence, but he was a little bit quiet in attack. Um, I gave Damien Cook a six as well because I thought he was just generally a little bit quiet. But I have a feeling that because he because Cleary and Lawai are playing so good at in the halves and they're making so much happen, I think Cook is playing it really smart, to be honest with you. I don't mm. think that I'm watching Cook and I'm not thinking to myself, he's making the wrong decisions. And and that's a that's a pretty big thing for a hooker. Yeah. I don't think yeah, look, he didn't overplay his hand, but mm-hmm. I I'm and I went into the series thinking this, I'm not sold on him mm-hmm. as the hooker. Um the next best best option is Coruscant. Um as a Panthers supporter, you kind of go, oh, well, it'd be nice to not have another player possibly get injured. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he's sitting on the bench anyway, so he can't play for the Panthers when Origin is on if there's a game. So you know, like, oh, well, if you're going to lose a player in a club game, you'd at least want them to be on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, look, it's one of those things, like when I build my super coach team you know you don't want too many of the same club yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. club players in there for, for certain reasons but I don't know I, I'm just not sold on Damien Cook and similar to almost every Queensland player mm-hmm. there was times where I went oh yeah that's right he's our hooker I forgot yeah. about that just yeah, get that. yeah it doesn't offer anything to me Junior Paulo I gave an eight I thought yeah, it was great very early on, he was absolutely outstanding. And then he came off the field, Payne Haas took over, basically was outstanding as well. But then when uh, Paulo come back on, it was just he, – I love Junior Paulo in a way that is not natural. Like it's almost Tal Malolo-esque. Mm. Oh, look at you getting your boy love in. <laughs> Cameron Murray, I gave him a five. He, Mate, I didn't he was, rate him at all, hey. Well, he was, I felt like he was good defensively, but he bombed two of our tries, like yeah. flat out bombed them. I agree. Tariq Sims, I gave him a nine. I thought he was just about the player of the game. He played huge minutes. He was dominant in attack and defense. Even his decoy running was outstanding, like every single thing. I was critical of him in the first game. This game, this is the best game I've ever seen him play. He was a just a monster. Yeah, I think nine's being generous, but yeah. he, he certainly played better than the first game. Which wasn't hard, to be fair. That is very fair. Isaiah, I gave a seven. I thought he was pretty good, mm. um, very good in defense. And whenever he got the ball in attack, he was always asking questions of the yes. Queensland pack. And you could see they didn't like it when he had the ball because his footwork, they were waiting for him to make them look bad. And he should have been sent off the field for 10 minutes, I thought. At well, long. Munster should have been sent uh, earlier before that as well for the um, professional foul on the Blues line. But I think that evens itself out. Yeah, that's a good point. I also worry about Munster in this game. Someone said, is he all right? Because he hasn't tried to kick anyone yet. <laughs> I did see that tweet. <laughs> that was a good one. Okay, I, it was at Lightning McQueen or someone said that. I can't remember. But whoever sent it, you're a champion. Okay, the bench, Jack Whitener gave oh, two. Why like, did they persevere? I don't know. <laughs> I, I kind of feel sorry for him in a way because they're, I don't know why they're picking him. Well, they're clearly picking him. As backup for Cleary or Luai. Or um, even uh, Tom Trebojevic. Yeah, because he could play centre. Yeah, so it's one of those things where, you know, oh, just move on. Okay, yeah. it's triggered me. Basically, we beat Queensland with 16 players in two games. Um, Angus Crichton, I gave a seven. He was great. He was really good. He was great, although all I had ringing around in my head um, the whole time he was on the field was something that either you or Fergo have said uh, mm. in a previous episode where 
one of you said, if you need to pack a hair tie in origin camp, you shouldn't be selected. And that's all I could think of every time I saw his face. That's a good point, actually. How does he get – How okay, here's a thing. How come he has a hair tie, but then when you look at, at Parramatta's reserve grade fullback, it's way worse on him? Oh, you know why? He must have thicker hair. Possibly. So it, just, it sits different. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Tackling all the big issues here. That's a good <laughs> point from somebody who has no hair. Interesting. <laughs> um. <laughs> You're offering my, a expert point of view there. <laughs> by, by the way, my hair is a just a a long mess at the moment. It is terrible. I've got COVID hair. I've got. Uh, you know what I've got? I've got. I had COVID hair, and then I moved it into a hairstyle. It looked all right, and now it's just grown out. So now it's like COVID hair that's even worse. Oh God! Yeah, it's terrible. Um. Payne Harso gave seven. I thought he was outstanding off the bench. Yeah, he was far better from last game too. Yeah, he was. And Liam Martin, I gave him five. He wasn't on the field for very long. Didn't get too many opportunities. There was a couple of good runs he made, but just one of those games where didn't get the opportunities, unfortunately. Mm. Now, interestingly, uh, Teddy has been given man of the match. How do you feel about that? Uh, That's fucking ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking ridiculous. I would have given it to Latrell or Tom Trebojevic or Tariq Sims. Any of those. Yep. How the fuck did they do that? I don't know. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, somebody made money on that one. Um, So, yeah, that's the ratings, and that's, I guess, our collective state of origin review. How about that? Can't be better than that. I know, right? The boss and the freak together. See, just making magic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What did you think about uh, my new guest host that I brought on for the last episode? You know what? You should keep him around. He's all right. He did good, hey? Mm. Offers offers some insightful statistics from time to time. Yeah. He could prove useful. Yeah. Although, you know, stats. Gives a shit about stats. <laughs> I mean, there's no <laughs> David Middleton, but uh. oh, <laughs> that's not what he tells me. Um, <laughs> no, we, we all know, figure it's not like that. Um, no. It was so nice to have him back, and it was funny. I got a few people with my intro for the last episode. <laughs> we've been when we've been talking about that meme, Fergo. Hey, we've been like people are going to start asking questions and shit. <laughs> so funny. Oh, it's so good. So, so so good. It is a late night episode. It is coming into a school night. It is well, well, it's coming into a school night, but it's school holidays. We're in lockdown. I can't go anywhere other than from basically my bedroom to my office Mm -hmm. in the house. It's like fifteen meters apart. So, my four a.m. alarm is switched off because I can't go to the gym in the morning. very sorry state of affairs in yeah. old Sydney town, which our Melbourne friends will know all too well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just one of those, one of those things, just got to ride it out. So um, no crowds in Sydney this week for yeah. any of the, uh, any of the NRL games. Um, I did see that Andrew Abdo was being interviewed during the origin pre-match on Fox uh, talking about what their, looking at with regards to uh, regular season games over the next couple of weeks as, you know, Sydney's obviously in, in lockdown and different options they're working towards and working on. But one thing he did say was the competition will not stop. That's not an option that they're even contemplating at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, they're confident that, you know, returning into the level three uh, protocols um, towards the end of last week before Gladys officially locked everybody down um, was obviously the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And they're obviously confident that everything that was in place up until that point anyway, and then going into those level three protocols will allow them to get exemptions to, to travel wherever they need to travel and, and obviously utilizing charter flights, et cetera, et cetera, same as they did um, last year. So uh, 
at this stage, everything will be progressing as normal. So that was good to hear. And the other positive thing is that it was actually coming from the CEO and not the chairman of the ARLC. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, Peter Volandis, he's a, he's a media whore. Oh, I just, he, he loves it. He loves getting out there and saying something. Oh, so yes. And I've said this before, said it to many people on many different platforms that there is no other business in this country where the chairman of the board is so vocal and so front and center on day to day operations. Mm. You know, maybe appointment of the CEO. Yes. If there is something, you know, you can understand that when the, the game had to shut down last year, absolutely front and center in the interim period between Greenberg um, stepping down and Abdo being appointed. Yes, absolutely. The moment Abdo was appointed, he needed to take a back, backward step and, and let Abdo run the game. That's his job. Otherwise, he may as well have just stayed as a COO. Um, but yeah, so that was that was nice to actually have him delivering that kind of operational news, yeah. um, which was good. So, yes, it's just, a you know, as a Penrith person, obviously it's a shame that the single biggest game on the calendar of any year is Penrith v Parramatta. That was the game scheduled or is the game scheduled for this Friday. Um, and it was bad enough that it was originally only going to be 75% capacity. Yeah. Then it was going to be 50 and now it's obviously none. Um, so that's, uh, not great, uh, for the, the club, generally yeah. speaking, but certainly for the, the members and the fans as well. So fingers crossed we can get this two weeks done and dusted, uh, and come out the other side and everyone can get back to scenes and games. Yeah. And look, I know that you and me have been talking about that Parramatta game since about three weeks into the competition <laughs> we've been gearing up for it and it was it was so weird how it just all fell apart in the space of about five days it was oh, terrible it all fell apart well and for me it fell apart quicker than it did for others so yeah. i um work in the sydney cbd um and so as a result of orders that were put out on wednesday i was essentially having to go into my own lockdown for 14 days anyway or sorry not 14 days until the end of uh, next week so Friday the 2nd um, because I had regularly been uh, in the city of Sydney local government area um, during the period in question and that had irritated me to no end because I obviously wasn't going to be able to go to the game and I was very cranky about the fact that um, you know, my husband could go and my daughter could go and um, my friends could go, but I was not going to be able to go. Um, and so when uh, they did the first press conference yesterday and I was reading between the lines and I said to my husband, we're going to get locked down. I can see it now. So we actually usually do our groceries on a Sunday. I said, let's just go and do our groceries now. Mm-hmm. So we went and did our groceries now like on the Saturday, um, basically about, 20 minutes after the first press conference um, and yeah, lo and behold, the shops were already starting to get quite busy mm-hmm. and yeah, obviously then everyone locked down yesterday. So now I don't feel bad that no, I can't go to the game because nobody can go. Yeah. And the funny thing was originally you were going to be okay to go to the game about four and a half hours after it finished. Yes. And then, <laughs> then <laughs> which, and I know that because you You've messaged me and yeah. said it very angrily. And then uh, then everyone got locked down and you were like, good, no one's yeah, gone, I was, good. Exactly. I was like, oh, well, we're all screwed now. Um, but you know, even things like obviously tonight, you know, couldn't go anywhere to watch the game. Everyone's watching it in their own homes kind of thing. And, um, and the other thing I was thinking about was um, the pay-per-view for the Costa Zoo fight um, is going to go through the roof. Yeah. because you can't go anywhere to watch it. And, you know, even if previously everyone might pitch in and one person gets it at their place and you go over, every, you know, it, the pay-per-view takings for this will be through the roof. Yeah, it will be. People will just be um, looking. We've watched all of the movies. 
We've watched all the series and just having something new to watch, that'll get some people in just because there's something different to watch. I know. I did a movie marathon today um, Mm. with my daughter Mm. and we did everything from the new uh, animation on Disney, uh, Luca. Yeah. Um, Amazing, by the way, if you're into that kind of thing. So we did everything from that through to high school. Better than The Little Mermaid? Yes, but you know what? It's similar. I thought, you know, when I saw the trailers, yeah, I thought this looks like the Little Mermaid for a little squid boy. Yeah, it's similar. It's actually yeah. very, very good, but no singing. Oh, is, uh, well, I need singing. You need singing. Oh, well, then it's... we we watched High School Musical, yeah. and uh, there was something else that we watched as well. It was kind of her choice, and then I thought, hang on, she's on holidays for two weeks. Why am I watching her stuff? And I've still got to work. <laughs> she sucked me right in there, didn't she? Yeah, she got yeah. yeah. Do you just watch do you just watch The Mandalorian? No. I think you'd like it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So yeah. So that was my afternoon. I got to the point where I was like, no more, we'll just watch T V, normal T V. I just I'd been on Disney Plus for the whole afternoon because I'd watched the rest of Hamilton the musical because that goes for a really long time, so I had to break mm-hmm. that up. Uh, straight into yeah, Luca and can't even remember what the other movie was that we watched. How rude! Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, def- it was all Disney though, all Disney Plus this afternoon. I've watched everything on YouTube. There's nothing I haven't seen on YouTube. That's um, disturbing. Yeah, yeah, everything, just everything. It's all, it's all finished, you know. <laughs> so anyway, we should wrap this up before we phone dies. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on. It's always My lovely. My pleasure. To... Thanks for asking. Yeah. And I was so excited when he said yes to come on. I was like, yeah, don't have to Breaking all myself. the rules. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, by the way, anybody that wants to check something out, check out nrlbreakingnews.com. I, I made the website look a little bit better. I think you'll enjoy it a lot more. It's a lot more user-friendly now. And it's got a Twitter feed that I – very rarely promote, but you can get the Twitter feed for that. And I'm going to expand it all on stuff. So check all that out. I did some work on it today. So it looks pretty good. Um, and yeah, yes, we're, it does. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. I, you know, I'm all right with the website, eh? Yeah. Can so confirm. check, so check that out. Um, as usual, Fergo and the Freak, uh, Fergo Freak Pod, search all of that stuff. You'll find us. Um, where can they find you, Nadine? Oh, I'm on Twitter at NLC081. And don't forget to find Fergo and the Freak Pod on Instagram. I've been putting a few extra bits and pieces up there over the last week. Um, so given that I've got nothing better to do this week and next week, there'll probably be a few more things going in there as well. Nice. Heavily skewed towards Panthers and New South Wales, not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, and anything funny. I just and, retweet things or repost things rather. And anyone that doesn't like heavy Panthers content, go fuck yourself. That's how yeah. life is. Yeah. We want everything now. We do. So that's how it is. Anyway, thank you for coming on and doing the triumphant game two review and ratings with me. It's been lovely having you on and thank you to everyone for listening and we'll be putting out another episode very, very soon. Bye-bye everyone.